FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. We would like to thank our 2022 FinTech Hunting Sponsors, Encelerate, Equifax, WFG Enterprise Solutions, CoreLogic, BeSmarty, Anomaly Squared, SourcePoint, Total Expert, and Next Level Advisors. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We have an incredible guest for you today. He's an industry thought leader, a technology evangelist. He's committed to strategically advising lenders and how to be more profitable and to position themselves for future success. Please help me welcome back to the show, Matt Sloanegger, founder and CEO of Emma Allen Company. Matt, welcome back to the show. Nice to be back, buddy. Well, it is great to have you. Matt, there's a lot going on in the industry, especially since the last time we've talked. Talk to me a little bit about what are you seeing in the industry and what are some of the areas that I think lenders are struggling with the most right now? Good question to lead off with. So thank you. Um, You know, from a macro and micro perspective, we all know that the rates are going higher. But I, I think, Michael, one of the things that's really starting to be more of a concern coming up in conversations is the the banking situation now, um, the credit situation. So um, there's some recent data out there that's showing uh, debt globally against GDP is like almost 350%. So um, I think that when you add in all these uh, challenges on the macro and even the micro level, um, a lot of uncertainty about what to do next. And I think you and I spent some time a couple of weeks ago, and we'll probably spend some time here talking about what are some of the recommendations, the actions that leaders take. And I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, be aware of what's happening globally and in your local markets, you know, from a lending perspective, at a servicer level, same thing. Real estate, we know is at a local level, right? We know that house price appreciation is occurring on the east. It's declining on the west. So it's important to know what's happening at that level. But I think more importantly, and this is where companies like you and I come into play and help, is bring um, that outward in perspective and then turn it into actions and control of an agenda that they can drive. And so what do I mean by that? Well, and I love that. Go ahead, Michael. You know, I I love that, Matt. And I think, you know, as we look at the market, you've got to have a pulse of what's going on in the market. But I think, you know, lenders also have to peel back the onion a little bit deeper and understand what's working, what's not working. You know, I was talking to an executive at one of the conferences recently, and as they were looking into the numbers of, of, of the number of lenders, one L or one uh, underwriter is costing them fifteen hundred bucks per loan. The other underwriter is only costing them four hundred. 
And that's a huge disparity. And when profitability is shrinking, when margins are tight, not understanding those dynamics and what's going on uh, is a huge detriment. Talk to me a little bit about, okay, so we know there's a challenging market, but it's not all doom and gloom. I think the NBA just reported four weeks in a row of application volume picking up. What are some of the things that you think lenders can focus on to really weather the storm in today's market and position themselves for future growth? Good topic. So let's first start with whether you're a lender or even the servicer, your current customer, right? We, we know the data. We know that your current customers are, to, to get that customer, uh, you're going to spend at least five times. Um, so taking care of your current customers. And so customer experience, customer success. On the lending side, looking at how you want that journey, how you want them to, to feel, and what are the efficiencies on the front end as well as on the back end, as far as, to your point, underwriters and increasing productivity. But you got to still think about that customer journey and experience with your shop. So I think first and foremost, take a very outward in and then inside look right on the customer. And you have to do that whether you're a lender or a servicer. And so I think first and foremost on the strategy agenda for many of the clients I advise, that's one of the top three that I see investment and focus taking place around. Second, you, you and I both are seeing this and I've worked for companies and I work, I have a client now that does a lot of this, you know, the business, the automation process optimization, that that's definitely key. I would advise people to still take a look at the customer first and then move into the processes and how you can look at automation. Um, so the, the work there is, is can be very time consuming. I think you have to look, everybody talks about AI, for example, um, and now you're seeing even the tech leaders kind of caution, right, Michael? This morning you're seeing some of the news about pause, slow down with AI. I think yep. what I see in our industry especially is the need to address the change management, especially in the virtual world that we find ourselves in. So really look at the people and the talent side of the equation. So that's a, probably a top three, right? So you got the process optimization. You've got the customer. Now you got to look at your internal piece and you got to look at how do you want your people to adapt to the change that you're throwing at them, right? They're already dealing with a, you know, layoffs and everything else. And now you're asking them to focus on changing how they work. Um, so I'll pause there and let you add your commentary to that. Yeah. And I, you make so many good points right there. And as we talk about it in the FinTech Hunting podcast, Obviously, tech plays a critical role, but I think too many times, especially when the market was good, people just throw tech in. Let's add this tool. Let's add that tool. And the cost to originate a loan, depending on who you're talking to, is over $11,000. I mean, so tech, if not used properly, is just adding to the cost and it's not streamlining the processes. It's not cutting out steps. So when you talk about change management and understanding the processes, I think that's where a lot of people want to rush. They're like, oh, let's just add new tech that will help out. And they don't really understand their processes and are they efficient? Are they not efficient? And if you talk about a great customer experience, 
Yes, a lot of people have focused on point of sale tools and when the person first logs into the website, but if it still takes you 45 days to turn that loan around, that's not a great customer experience because of all of the efficiency inefficiencies on the back end. So when you talk change management, you talk how do lenders is it because they don't take the time? Is it because they're too busy? Or is it because they really need that outside view of how to assess what's working and not working within their organization? I think a couple of things there that you started to touch on. I think one, bringing an outside party. Um, so the bigger firms invest, as we know, a lot into the bigger firm, the bigger names, the EMYs, uh, the Pricewaterhouse, the cognizance and so forth, right? So they invest a lot of money. They have the money to invest in the global firms to help in that. I think the middle market in the smaller, so if we're taking a broker, for example, that's got like 10 10 loan officers, you know, they don't have the budget to do that. So they can still use resources like you and I to help them. And looking at that accountability piece, like, you know, you got to have a plan. I guess that's probably one of the first elements to this is have something that's actually a framework that's documented, that's iterative and collaborative. And having an outside party help you with that um, is something that I, I just see a greater success. The second piece of that is in this virtual world that we find ourselves in. Um, and it's hard right now, right? You don't have the budget for T&E like you did two years ago. So having people come, and even back then, we weren't really having people come into offices. But I think you've got to find ways of getting your team, your leadership team, uh, at least monthly right now, probably engaged in a half-day, full-day. You can set the agenda what that looks like. But I, I think we've got to really look at the culture element to this. And it's hard to do that when everybody's been working remote. I had one C-level exec tell me a couple months ago that they hadn't seen their boss, who's like the vice chair of this bank, they hadn't seen their boss in like two years. So when I hear stories like that, it's just wow. very concerning, Michael. So I think having the culture element, and I think the third element to this is Go into these change initiatives, realizing you're going to make mistakes. I think that, you know, there is no such thing, even with advisors like you and I helping them, there's still going to be mistakes made. So I think um, welcome mistakes, try to do it in an iterative fashion, avoid analysis paralysis. And another thing is don't surround yourself with yes, sir, or yes, ma'am individuals around your leadership team, go a couple levels down and really solicit um, weekly, daily type of feedback on key questions, strategy elements, and make sure that the organization is aware of this and that they can feel that they can speak up. Um, I think that's another key thing I see is there's too many people that are hesitant to speak up. And again, I think part of this, part of that is the culture element that comes in these virtual environments we find ourselves in. Well, you bring up some very interesting points. And I think one of the things that 
you know, lenders are, when you start really peeling back the onion and finding out, okay, what's working, what's not working, people start getting very defensive, right? Oh, I'm the one who selected this technology, so I can't admit that it's not working as well as we wanted to, because that may look terrible for me. So I'm going to kind of continue to kick the can down the road, whether it was with the technology initiative, whether it was with certain automation. And I think that's kind of the death of organizations internally if they don't have a culture that says, hey, we all agreed on this technology. It's not delivering the ROI that we were hoping it would. Let's instead of continuing to kick it down the road, either work with that vendor to, to really get what we thought we were getting or we've got to move on and quit wasting money and not let egos and pride get in the way of making a sound business decision. So, so true. And, and Michael, I'm kind of curious, too. I think another key mistake is when we go into these initiatives, I'm amazed working kind of on the vendor side of things of how often I don't see the return on investment, that discipline of what's the baseline, measuring the baseline and having, you know, quarterly targets, measuring that, monitoring and control. I'm very surprised that that is not as prevalent as it should be in these change initiatives and introducing the investment in technology. Are you seeing the same? I am seeing the same. And I think what happens is, is people get caught up in doing the work, not focusing on why are we doing the work, right? Oh, let's just get loans in the door. Well, maybe there's certain loan types that are not profitable and you guys just aren't good at handling. Quit doing those loans. And, and so, some of it is they're not tracking it. And some of it is, I don't think they're tracking the right things, right? Just to say, well, we want to grow this year. So how many loans can we get in the door? If there's certain loan types or certain loan types that are very difficult for your staff to do, or certain loan types, people, it amazes me. They don't even know which loan types they do that are profitable and not profitable. Yes. Right. I mean, how much time is wasted on doing certain loans that, they're not making any money doing, but they feel good saying, well, we grew that area by 2% this year, 5% or 10%. So what? You, yes. you didn't make any additional money and you used a lot of resources. So yes. I, I see that happening. What are some of the other things from a, from a more optimistic perspective that once people do start diving in, once they bring in an outside resource, what are some of the successes that you're seeing? What are some of the shift in change or culture that is leading to more prolonged success and, and more profitability? I think one of the first areas um, that I'm seeing some successes with some of the clients and some of the execs I talk to is the the fact that they're looking and reevaluating the whole go to market. We talked about customer experience. So they're reevaluating, right? They're taking a look at their talent. They're taking a look at the go to market. They're taking a look at how they're doing their product packaging. Um, they're taking a look at the channel partners. So I do think um, there's more focus around that whole sales, the marketing, let's just call it revenue enablement than there was when times yep. were good, right? So I think that's a good thing. Now, it's been too early to really say that those results where you're going to expect, say, a 25, 30% year-over-year growth, um, you know, too early to tell yet whether or not those those types of metrics will see it. But I am seeing more of an interest and a willingness to reevaluate 
the role of the market. Um, I think the other piece to this is um, we talk about the customer. There's still uh, appreciation and investment in customer success teams. Kind of mentioned the stats about five times, right? The cost to get a new customer. So we are seeing more of our clients um, winning with that customer retention, but not just the retention data. More importantly, they're getting the referral, the referral plays from current customers where they're helping them in new RPs, they're helping them win additional clients. So I think that's a key area that I'm seeing um, more people talk about now than what they were, say, two years ago. Great point. And I agree with you that customer success is a critical element. And to your point, it's not just managing the data and understanding what customers are doing and everything. It's really collaborating with the customer and taking the time to listen to say, what are those pain points that you're trying to solve for? Where can technology play a role? Where can better strategy fit in so that they're better positioned for not only, you know, uh, surviving today's current market, but really positioning themselves. I see that with people that are looking to leverage bots and AI. And like you said, some people, you know, you see that out in the marketplace, maybe we need to slow up a little. I think some areas, if you can replace manual redundant tasks and do it strategically, it makes a great deal of success. If you're just throwing it as a tool and you don't really have a plan for it, then that's probably not what you should be doing. So Matt, you and I could talk about this for hours. What are some of the things you want people to know about what you're doing and how you could possibly help them in today's market? Thanks, Michael. And I I think the first and foremost, you and I have been touching on this, bringing that outside in lens, helping with strategy, helping with the go to the market, helping looking at your sales organization. Last 11 years spent on that side of the business working with business to business, namely um, a little bit B2C, but mostly business to business. So that's one area. I think through my my client um, transformation, business process optimization, and offshoring, outsourcing, the talent side of the equation, we can help with that. Um, got a partner that's got over a thousand employees globally um, and has had a lot of success working with some of the top 20, top 30 lenders and servicers. And so I think that's another area that um, I can bring that to bear. And then I think third is just looking again at kind of operational best practices, you know, um, namely in the default space. Um, that's where I've spent during the last crisis at Bear Stearns managing 14,000 REO assets. So if, if you want to now take time and evaluate your default operation, um, I can help with that as well. Well, and I think one of the key terms that I think people need to really understand is whether it's a fractional chief strategy officer, whether it's a fractional chief marketing officer, there's a lot of benefits in today's market, whether it's a lender, whether it's a vendor that says, you know what, I really need to continue to grow my business. One of the worst things people can do is cut back all their sales, marketing, lead gen. When the market's tough, you might as well put an anchor on your leg and you're just going to go down faster. But you also have to be cognizant and say, maybe I don't have the budget to bring on a team or I don't have to bring on full-time employees, but 
if I can get somebody that has the expertise that you have or the expertise that Next Level Advisor has, and we can do it at a fraction of the cost and we have multiple clients, so we bring a very different perspective and one that can say, here's best practices. Here's what's working in the market. Here's what didn't work. I think that's where people can experience a lot of growth in a very cost-effective manner. Yes, especially again in the middle market space. Um, don't see it as much with the the very large of the large, right? The publicly traded companies that are out there, but in that middle market, the small business space, uh, the fractional executive and fractional team uh, makes a lot more sense, and especially, again, with the expertise, the clients, everything you just touched on, Michael. So I definitely agree with you on that, sir. Matt, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? If they want to find out more and be able to leverage your knowledge and expertise, how can they get a hold of you? Appreciate that, Michael. Call me, 972-740-4300. And uh, obviously, I have digital. I'm out there on social media. But pick up the phone, call me, text me, and uh, I will respond very fast. Um, I'll make a guarantee. I, I promise, I, especially if it's a text or a call, either one, I'll respond within an hour. Awesome. Matt, thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. Thank you, Michael. FinTech Hunting is brought to you by Next Level Advisors. Next Level Advisors, where businesses come to grow. Are you struggling to keep up with record origination volumes? From property valuation and appraisal to title insurance and closing services, WFG Enterprise Solutions provides flexible mortgage origination services that address your organization's needs head-on. By taking the time to understand how you run your business, WFG can create solutions that save you time and money on every transaction. That's why WFG consistently earns Net Promoter's world-class ranking for customer satisfaction. Innovative solutions, world-class customer satisfaction. Get to know WFG today at WFGLS.com. Are you looking to close more loans in 2021? Experience Accelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform, featuring lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and so much more. Accelerate, helping lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. Schedule your personal demo today at Accelerate.com. What does instant mean to you when it comes to income and employment verification? With the demand for loans increasingly being met with a competitive edge, lenders should turn towards automation. A key way lenders can move digital is by leveraging instant income and the employment data from the work number, which helps them keep pace in an era where every day brings new challenges. To learn more, visit theworknumber.com. Tired of logging into different systems to check your loan pipeline? Ready to update your processes to meet today's digital borrowers? Now you can with BeSmarty's all-in-one mortgage technology solution. Save yourself time and money and wow your borrowers. Find out how at BeSmarty.com.